Good morning. My name is Scott Johnson, and I am the next generation pastor here at Lakeside. And uh, I, I want you to know that I'm a southern boy. I, I come from the south, so if I have this funny accent, that's why. Um, if I reference something that is southernese, I'll try to explain it to you. But I want you to think of something. When you think of something that's uncommon, what comes to mind? There's a lot of stuff that's uncommon. I remember growing up, I lived about an hour and a half from Myrtle Beach. And I remember one day we saw the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Now, that's something you don't see every day. I mean, a ginormous hot dog driving down the road. That was so weird. And um, another thing that's kind of uncommon is over in the Philippines, McDonald's serves spaghetti. Now, that's very uncommon for a burger joint. Um, now, I remember when I was growing up, when we would go to the mall, we would see this guy that was there. He would have this Volkswagen bug covered in buttons. And he had this whole outfit covered in buttons. They called him the button king. That was very uncommon and just downright ridiculous. Um, but also something that's uncommon is that flamingos bend their ankles instead of their knees. Now imagine if we went around bending our ankles instead of our knees, that would be uncommon and look funny and I'd probably laugh at you. Um, now something else that's uncommon is you hear strange stories. And this fellow who had to be on something I remember he said he saw this lizard-like person in the swamp about 20 minutes from where I grew up. They called it the Lizard Man. You can look that up online and read all about it. Something else that's uncommon right now is uh, cheap eggs. <laughs> Very uncommon. And also, I noticed since I've lived here, it's uncommon to see people in Hawaiian shirts. I love Hawaiian shirts. In fact, I got kind of a Hawaiian shirt on today, but uh, that's very uncommon up here. What's uncommon is for a southern boy to enjoy the cold. I, I haven't got used to that yet. Um, my wife picks on me because it's been like in the 70s where she's at. So, but there's a lot of stuff that's uncommon. In Tennessee, where I lived for about 12 years in two different stints, um, they passed a law where you can own a skunk as a pet. Now, the one thing you had to do about it is get it descented, but that's just uncommon and downright strange. However, if we read the Bible, we'll, we'll see throughout Scripture the Bible points to believers as being uncommon. See, as we read, the Bible speaks directly towards that. We are different, and the world should see as such. Now, if you have your phone and you have a Bible app on it, just open up the Bible app. If you don't have one, you can go to your favorite app store and download it. Or if you have a traditional Bible, you can open that up with me. But if you look on the Bible app, you can go to events on there and click on our church, and it will have all the scripture on it. But we're looking at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. It says this, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are. God's people, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, to be uncommon, you have to have some sort of direction. And what I mean by that, you, you see what it says in Scripture, and, and you develop a, a personal purpose in your life. I mean, some sort of, like, like if you go on a road trip, how many of you guys use a GPS? I imagine most of us in here do. Or maybe you're old-fashioned and you use a map. Okay, those things, I don't like using maps because I can never fold it back correctly. But uh, it usually ends up balled up because I get frustrated with it. But I use a GPS a lot to the point I don't know the names of the streets. Especially here, I don't know the letters with the numbers and all that. I haven't got used to that yet. We would have streets like named Lick Skillet or something like that. Uh, it, weird names, but here I, I haven't got used to the names yet. So uh, like the County Road K or, or something like that. Um, I got one, right? Did I get it? Okay, good, good. Yes, score. Um, but, you know, like when you go on a trip, you use a GPS to get to your destination. Well, I've developed a, a, pur a purpose for my life that I have used for years now. It shapes who I am as a believer. It shapes how I do ministry, and it shapes the direction of my ministry. I believe that it shapes uh, what God's desire for me to be. It is my GPS. So it is my purpose to have intimacy with God, that intimate, pure, and close relationship with God. It's also my purpose to have community with other believers, the fellowship and involvement in each other's life, no matter how messy it could get, that involvement with other believers in my life. And I want to make an impact in my part of the world, the sharing and giving away of my faith. Those, that, that is my GPS for my life. Those three points come from the purpose that I believe that God has given us as found in Scripture. Our purpose in life is, is laid out by Scripture to worship God, to engage in fellowship with other believers, to disciple others and be discipled as well, to serve others, and evangelize the lost. We gather these purposes from Matthew 20, uh, 22, 37 through 40, and Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I, uh, now, the first point here is this. Understanding our purpose in life shows us why we are uncommon. Let's look at Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. What Jesus did here was sum up the Ten Commandments into two points. The first four commandments has to do with our relationship with God, 
have no other gods before you, uh, have no graven images, do not use the Lord's name in vain, and they keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. And then the last six has to do with our relationship with others. Stuff like honor your parents, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not lie, do not covet your neighbor's stuff, do not covet your neighbor's wife, so forth and so on. And see, here's the thing. This passage takes all the commandments and puts them in two. Now, this helps us pursue God in a very intimate way and to build a community of believers that, that gather for teaching, fellowship, service, and accountability. See, basically, love God and love others. Next, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We have been given a charge, a command, a commission, a cause to go and, and tell people about Jesus and disciple them. It's not a suggestion. We are to tell others about Jesus, and we are to disciple them on how to live a victorious Christian life. It's our charge to do that. Ephesians 1, 4a. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. This is so cool because we are chosen. We are chosen for this purpose. That should be awesome. You should just be in awe of that because God chose you. We are to be holy and blameless. It is this purpose that guides me. Second, learning how to live out our purpose prepares us to be uncommon. Listen to what it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This passage has so much richness to it. We know what sacrifices are. In fact, we're starting a new series about the cost of your redemption. But we know what sacrifices are. From the Old Testament, we know about animal sacrifices. And from the New Testament, we know about Jesus' sacrifice. What's the connection there? It's death. Something or someone had to die to cover our sins. Paul is telling us that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, not an, an, an altar per se, like as the Mosaic law requires the sacrifice of animals, but as a living sacrifice. 
The, the dictionary defines sacrifice as anything consecrated and offered to God. So it's the setting aside of believers for the purpose of God. So how is that done? Basically, don't live like the world expects you to live. The world wants you to be like them. Because we are a, a, a creature of, of, of we, we need to look like other people. We need to act like other people. I mean, think about our fashion. Think about our technology. I love Apple products. And anytime there's a new one, I really want it. Some of y'all, maybe you're a shoe head, as they call them. And you got to have the latest Nikes. See, the world, we, the world wants us to be like them, but we are called to be different, set apart, not like the world. So basically, don't live like the world. Let God transform you. Let God transform. I love the word transform because it brings back memories of my childhood. We used to have something called transformers. Who remembers that? Yep. If you're a child of the 80s, you know what a transformer is. And they still have them to this day. But one of my favorite transformers was Bumblebee. See, Bumblebee was this Volkswagen Beetle, and you would transform it into this robot. And it was so cool. And I had, I had a whole collection of them. I had Jetfire was probably my absolute favorite. I had Dinobots. I had all those don't tell anyone I still have them. But, but I love the tagline they had there. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Who remembers that tagline? See, this is what happens. This being a living sacrifice and the transforming of your mind, we're going to meet, we're going to be more than meets the eye to a lost world. You're going to be different. This is your spiritual worship. This is being uncommon. Now, three, living out our purpose makes us uncommon. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. The wording there is so powerful. Don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Now, growing up, well, still to this day, I like going to Cracker Barrel. I, I hadn't seen one up here yet, but it's, it's kind of southern cooking if you've never been there. And it's the only place where I can get grits probably in this area. But... They have this little game that's a triangle, and it has these golf uh, tees on them. And you, the whole purpose of it, there's one hole that doesn't have a golf tee, and you're supposed to jump them and pull them out. Now, if you only, if you leave four there, it says you're an ignoramus. Don't be that. The other one's like you're just plain dumb and, and different ones like that, but don't be like that. We have been called out of this former ignorance that we were in. The definition of holy is to be dedicated or consecrated to God. So just like obedient children, 
like children who obey their parents, we are to be dedicated to God. We know what it means to be dedicated. You guys are Green Bay Packer fans. You know what that's like. I know what it's like because let me tell you, it is painful to be a South Carolina Gamecock fan because we always have mediocre years, but yet we still cheer for them because we're dedicated, just like you cheeseheads. I mean, anyone willing to wear that's dedicated. Be dedicated, be consecrated. First Peter 2, 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As children of the king, we are different, unrecognizable, uncommon to this present day and age because of our relationship with him. And, and the world shouldn't look at you and think he or she's one of us. See, the Bible, it, it talks about uh, the things that the world does, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Those things should not be a part of our life. We should be far away from those things. Those words should not define who we are. The fact that we're a child of the king should. In addition, we're to crave the truth of Scripture, that, that spiritual milk of God, and make sure it's pure milk, nothing fake like Similac. Make sure it's pure, because we must keep our guard up. We, we, we need to be digging in the Word of God, need, seeing what it says, so we'll know the difference. That's being uncommon. Even among Christians, a lot are not digging into the Word. We need to be digging into the word. First John 2, 1 through 6. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which we walk. There is so much hope in that passage. We have an advocate when we mess up. We have someone who loves us, gave his life for us, who's there defending us when we mess up. And we're going to mess up. Some of y'all probably messed up this morning. <laughs> Oops. But see, the good news is even when our life is messy and we mess up, Jesus takes away our sin. What a wonderful hope that is. It says we'll know this 
him if we keep his commands. But it also gives us a warning. It says if we say we're a Christian, we say we're his, but yet go on sinning, the truth is not in us, and we call him a liar. We are liars. Plain and simple, we need to ask this question. What would Jesus do, and what did Jesus do? Simple statements, simple reminders, sometimes hard to live, though. He was our atonement for our sins. Now, in the 80s, there was this new wave Christian band. Some of you may have heard it. Um, They were a rock band, but they were called DeGarmo and Key. And they had a song called The Pledge, and it was a simple, simple statement. It was, he died for me, I'll live for him. Simple words to say, but harder to live out. He died for me, I'll live for him. So when we walk in the same way that Jesus walked, the world takes notice. The world will see this and see the change that's in us. And some will want that change. They see something different. So now what? Be different. One of the hardest things about being a Christian is the constant pull between the old you and the new you, that sinful nature that likes to creep back in. That's so hard, that formal self that you were, the old nature. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 13 through 17. If it seems we're crazy, and I like some other translations, they'll say if it seems we're out of our mind, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have, he, uh, that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who received his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. How differently we know him now. That's talking about life change. We, we have become a new person because Christ loves and his sacrifice. It says that the old life is gone and the new life is, is here. See, I have a new iPad. I'm very thankful for it. Um, it comes in handy. I had to ask Brian uh, how to do something this morning because my son's not here. (laughs) But my old iPad, which was like an iPad 3 mini, it was getting slow. It it was, was, uh, as we would say down south, slow as molasses. And, And it was cracking some. And then I gave it to my son since I got this new one, this bright, shiny new one. 
And see, my old uh, iPad eventually cracked and, and for all practical purposes, blew up, basically. The screen just shattered. That's the old iPad. Now I got a new one. See, God takes that old, broken, shattered life and makes us new again. Makes us new. One thing that we need to do is to be persuasive. Be persuasive. See, the world is lost. The world is in desperate need of a Savior. We are in need of a Savior. Jesus expects you to tell others about him. See, remember the great commission we read about earlier? That's being uncommon. We're commanded to tell others about Jesus. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, a Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. I like that it says it's a fearful responsibility that we work hard to persuade others. I mean, we, we persuade others about different things. I love having long talks with my boys. And, of course, since I'm, I'm living here now and we're waiting for uh, our house to sell and school to finish before my wife and my youngest move up here, I have long talks with them. But my oldest son's in college in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I call him, and we probably speak for an hour plus about stuff. And one of those things is something silly. We like to argue about music genres. Okay, growing up, there was only a few genres. Okay, there was rock. There was heavy metal. There was country. There was pop. And, uh, and, and then folk. Those, those were basically it. But now there's like 120 subgenres under one style of music. And one of those, I remember, uh, I'm like, okay, I, I, I like heavier music. And uh, I remember talking to him. I said, that's screamo. He goes, no, Dad, that's Midwestern emo. I'm like, no, they're screaming. It's heavy. He said, no, Dad, that's, that's hardcore or metalcore. What? It's heavy metal. Or one time I was like, that's pop. No, Dad, that's sparkle folk pop. Y'all are just making this up now. <laughs> but we'll try to persuade one another. And we have to agree to disagree because um, we, 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 I'm just old school. I, I like to put everything under the same umbrella. Also, be relentless. I mean, if we're going to be hard or if we're going to take some time and work hard to persuade others, we need to be relentless. Don't ever give up. There will be a time when you're at the end of your rope. Don't give up. Stick it out. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, pray with everything you have. We talked about prayer last week. Pray with everything you have. Read, learn, study God's word. Let it penetrate your heart. Let it correct you, rebuke you, teach you. Let God's love letter just change you. Surround yourself with other believers. 
And so sometimes when you, when, when you come together that, you know, it's, it's hard to be by yourself. I mean, right now, from, a, from a, a physical point of view, it's really hard for me to be without my wife. I told someone the other day I was lonelier than a pine tree in the middle of a parking lot. That means I'm lonely. But when we're at this, our spiritual life by ourselves, those are the moments that we find ourselves getting into trouble. It's okay to come together and share in your life with others. It's going to be messy sometimes. But we need each other. Don't give up. It's that community with others that help us keep going. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I love that saying, be strong and immovable. It reminds me of the Titanic. I'm sure everyone knows the story of the Titanic. I mean, it, it was this great ship. I, I think there was even a quote that said, even God couldn't sink this ship. But that was your first mistake. Because the iceberg was like, here, hold my Coke, watch this. Because guess what? That iceberg didn't go anywhere. It was strong and immovable. And the great Titan sunk. Be strong and immovable. We're to work enthusiastically for the Lord. I mean, think about it. Some of y'all are very enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. I'm very enthusiastic when football season takes place. So next Sunday is hard because it comes to an end. I'm enthusiastic about the times I get to talk to my wife. Even during those times I'm really tired and missing her, it's the times I'm very enthusiastic. We're also to work enthusiastically for the Lord. That means to work in a way that shows interest and eager, or intense and eager interest. Intense and eager interest. Hebrews 10, 39. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones, those whose souls will be saved. We're the faithful ones. What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be committed. We're not like those who reject God and follow after their own destruction. We're the faithful ones. Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in the earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power right there is translated from the Greek word dunamis. And see, dunamis is also the root word for dynamite. Now, if you ever go down south and you're on the highway, about every other exit, there's a fireworks store. And I'm not talking about some little stand. 
Because I don't know, is fireworks legal here? Okay. okay, they're legal everywhere in the South, just about. But you'll see these big super stores. It's crazy. And we used to buy these M80s and cherry bombs. We didn't have cherry bombs, but my dad used to buy cherry bombs. He would tell me stories of blowing up toilets in school using cherry bombs. But these M80s, they were about the strongest thing you could get. And when you light those things, you run because you'll blow your hand off. That's power. But we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That power helps us to be uncommon. A.W. Tozer, a very smart Christian guy, said this. The Holy Spirit never enters a man and then leads him, uh, lets him live like the world. You can be sure of that. To be uncommon, we need to have intimacy with God community with other believers and make an impact in our part of the world. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that, Lord, you have given us direction. You have given us your word. You've given us your sacrifice. You've given us your life. And when we give you our life, that makes us uncommon. Lord, my prayer is that we have an intimate relationship with you, that relationship that's pure and close, a relationship that just causes us to draw close to you and you to us. Lord, I pray that we have authentic community with other believers, Lord, community that, that brings us close together, that helps us get through life, that helps each other when it comes to accountability and that fellowship, that beautiful fellowship. And Lord, I pray that we're able to make an impact in our part of the world. That Lord, we give our lives to you in order to give it away to others as well. That Lord, we will tell others about you. That Lord, others will know you because of our relationship with you. So Lord, help us do that. Lord, I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.